This is episode 6 of An Uncommon Serial. Chapter 5, Paco's Secret Recipe. Nix awoke to several large felines licking the mud out of her hair. She sat up and the cats wandered off as if they had a second course planned. Why was she in the living room? A sponge lay next to her on the floor, also in the process of being licked clean. Flip, flip, flip! Nix's heart sank as the memory of the previous night flooded back. She hadn't even gotten past her second chore before falling asleep. She looked to see what time it was, but her wrist was bare. In a very ungraceful movement, Nix struggled to her feet and bolted into the kitchen. No! It was too bright. She'd never thought she'd be so devastated to see the sun had risen. She glanced at the microwave clock. 7.49. No need to panic yet. She still had almost six hours if she left at one thirty. They wouldn't have time to plan the last two days of summer, or even hear any beach stories. But at least she could discover the big change Sergeant Frost had mentioned, maybe even fit in an abridged version of the previous night's events. Nix moved like a cyclone, finishing the carpet and the laundry before her parents had gotten up. Although she ached for a shower, there simply wasn't time. She'd have to settle for a change of clothes. While she scrubbed the toilet at nine, she heard domestic sounds in the kitchen. She didn't go in to wish anyone a good morning. They spared her the formality as well. She was filling the cat dishes when her mother sauntered into the laundry room. "'Why are you wearing those nasty old shoes?' she asked by way of a morning greeting. "'I can see your stockings through the holes in the side.' "'I told you, Mom. My good shoes are at the cleaners.' She didn't like lying to her mother, but Nix was going to get those shoes back. Then she could run them through Jordan's washer, and it wouldn't be a lie. "'Haven't spent a penny on yourself, huh?' she said with a nasty expression. That reminds me, you didn't bathe the cats already, did you? No, why? Nix poured the last of the food onto the eating cats' heads. Your father threw his breakfast at Brutus. Is he hurt? Not that she really cared. Brutus was her least favorite of the cats, but Nix knew who'd be cleaning up the mess, and blood was harder to clean up than ketchup and eggs. How should I know if he's hurt? Serves that beast right. I've warned him not to get up on the big people table. So breakfast is ready? Nix's stomach was digesting itself. Come and see, Mrs. Wax replied with a smirk. She wiped her hands on an apron the size of a bedsheet and waltzed out of the room. Nix didn't like the sound of that. Mrs. Wax only got cryptic when she was plotting something. Nix entered the kitchen dining area to find the Woods Cross crier sitting where her plate should have been. So this was it. Her mother expected her to eat newspaper. That would certainly whittle away the pounds. The man of the house was nowhere to be seen, but the evidence of his recent tantrum was strewn across the floor and up the wall. Brutus must have really made him mad. Nix smiled. Mr. Wack hated the cats, but he couldn't really say anything because he was the one that started the whole business. "'Good morning, Plumpy Dumpling,' Mrs. Wack said, as if they hadn't been speaking thirty seconds ago. "'As soon as you've found a new job, you can have breakfast.' She couldn't be serious. Nix fought the urge to scream. Can I please just finish my chores and look tonight after work? Maybe she should skip breakfast altogether. I don't want to hear anything about you not having time. Mrs. Wax guided her into the chair. I'm counting this as part of your triple chores. Nix groaned. She didn't blame her father for spending months away from home. I've already highlighted the promising ones, so it should only take you a few minutes to call and tell them you'll take the job. Where did you get this? She'd probably stolen it off a neighbor's porch. It doesn't matter, Plumples. You're wasting time. 
Nix glanced at the first highlighted classified ad, Prep Chef Needed, Song's Sushi Bar, $5.15 an hour. I can't work at a bar. You have to be 21. Well, what about the dog groomer? You like animals. It says you have to be 18 to apply. Where? Right after the must-own certified pet clippers? Nick skimmed the other ads. For most of these, you have to be at least 16. Over 55 for this one. Mrs. Wack was starting to sweat. What about this? Nanny wanted to look after three well-behaved children. No age limit. Except that one of the children is older than me, and it requires you have a driver's license. Mrs. Wack jerked the paper out of Nick's hands, presumably to check that Nick's wasn't making things up. Her mother went silent for a moment, desperately scanning the ads. Nix held her breath. Please don't find anything. The last thing she wanted was to spend her morning talking to prospective employers instead of Jordan. Besides, she was happy at the taco stand. Well, happier than she would be changing diapers. Aha! Patty slammed the paper back onto the table. A pair of cats sprinted into the next room. Even though it was inches from Nix's face, Mrs. Wack read it for her. Private investigator seeks assistant for one-time surveillance job. Will be heavily compensated. She stood straight and folded her arms, as if that ended the argument. Nix read the rest of the ad. Experience in covert operations required. You can fake it. I'm sure that's what everyone else is going to do. I'm 15 years old. How much covert operations experience could I have? Besides, you have to email the guy, and we don't have the internet. Nix stood up. Mom... I know you want me to make more money, but it's impossible. Paco's Tacos is the only place in town that will hire someone my age. Even that is probably not legal. Well then, what are you going to do, Missy? I'm not going to let you starve your cats. Maybe if we could just let a few of them go back to their owners. How dare you! Mrs. Wack screeched as if Nick had suggested they all be skinned and roasted for dinner. It's about time you learned some responsibility. If you can't afford to care for them properly, then it's time you asked for a raise. You know how Mr. Dibble is. Then you'll mow lawns or go door to door with window cleaner. Nick flopped back into her seat. Fine, I'll ask for a raise. Can I eat now? Mrs. Wack responded by pulling a tiny jar out of her pocket and setting it on the table. Nick eyed it warily. What is this? It's the baby food diet. There was an unmistakable note of amusement in her voice. One jar in place of each meal. Peggy's lost 25 pounds. Nix picked up the jar of green goo. Her stomach growled in protest. It's okay, she whispered to her mutinous digestive organ. Where can I do this for Jordan? At least baby food was edible. Compared to some of the other fad diets her mother forced on her, this was almost a relief. Nix examined the label. Don't they have anything more breakfasty than green beans? You're just fortunate this stuff's covered by food stamps. Oh, yes, lucky her. She twisted off the top and sniffed. Mmm, vegetable puree for breakfast. Why couldn't she have some siblings to share these golden moments with? I need a spoon. Mrs. Wack produced a dusty eating utensil from her pocket. Tiny teeth marks decorated the rubbery-coated end. Your first spoon. She beamed as if remembering a time when her daughter fit into the normal weight range. Nix didn't have time to reminisce. She wiped the chewed spoon on her shirt and wolfed down the liquid veggies. How embarrassing, her mother said. I hope you don't eat like that at school. It's bad enough to look like a pig. Take some pride in yourself. Nix shoveled faster. The green muck actually wasn't too bad after the first few bites. She wasn't even gagging anymore. Her mother took her usual spot directly behind Nix's chair. 
Mrs. Wack must have realized she didn't have much mother-daughter quality time left because her hen-picking increased in speed until all her criticisms became one long line of verbal diarrhea. Speaking of taking some pride, I want you to change your clothes before you go to the store. That shirt makes you look homeless. And for heaven's sake, take a shower. You smell like a wet dog. Did you rub the mud into your hair on purpose? Done. Nix rushed to the sink, washed her jar and spoon, and was out of the kitchen before Mrs. Wack knew what was happening. In the bathroom, Nick started the tub and poured in the last of the flea and tick shampoo. She decided she liked the new diet. If it hadn't been for the spoon the size of a Q-tip, she would have finished in under a minute. Maybe next time she'd add water and drink it down. Her stomach complained it was still hungry, but Nix was already pulling out the stack of old towels in preparation for the most time-consuming of her chores. If she could get it done quickly, all she'd have left would be shopping. Maybe she could even stop by Jordan's on the way home from the store. The cats were used to being half-drowned every week, so they only clawed occasionally, with one notable exception. The large tan tabby covered with Mr. Weck's breakfast didn't seem too keen on getting it washed off. Nix had dubbed him Brutus, because as far as hormonal cats go, he was a monster. In the two months he'd been a member of the family, he'd killed two other cats and wounded four more. Trying to bathe him was like cleaning a running lawnmower. Nix finished several hours later, all 23 cats were more or less clean. Half of them had not been shampooed, but they were all soaking wet, and Mrs. Wack wouldn't be able to tell the difference. After Nix bandaged her arms and cleaned the ring of cat muck out of the tub, she hurried back into the kitchen. Her heart sank when she saw the microwave. Five minutes after one, Nix slumped against the counter. Mrs. Wack smashed several sandwiches into her husband's oversized lunchbox before noticing Nix. "'Lucifer's bones! Did you manage to keep any water in the tub? "'Looks like you've been swimming in a cow trough. "'Of course, you didn't think to wash your hair while you were at it.'" <music> Woods Cross Merry Market did nothing to improve Nix's mood. They had upped the prices of the pet amenities, and it took nearly an entire month's wages to buy the jumbo litter and economy-sized cat food. There was no point in checking the price of the nutritional stuff. The five dollars left over wasn't even enough to get more flea and tick shampoo. "'You come in here a lot,' the manager cashier said. "'How many cats do you have?' Normally, Nix avoided answering such questions, not only because they were mortifying, but because she didn't want to raise suspicion. Today, however, Nix needed someone to commiserate with. "'I have one. My mother has nearly two dozen.' The man stared at her. "'Why would anyone need two dozen cats?' Nix scowled. "'When you figure that out, let me know.' She asked herself the same question every time she cleaned up kitty puke or wiped urine off the refrigerator. Mrs. Wack claimed she needed companionship, but Nix knew the truth. The woman was as obsessive as she was compulsive. Turns out, those don't mix well. The madness began two years prior when Mr. Wack forgot his wife's birthday. Rather than buy a gift, he stole a Siamese off the neighbor's back porch. Of course, the wax had to keep it indoors to prevent it returning to the previous owner, and soon they had a very bad-tempered kitty on their hands. After it clawed to pieces most of the furniture, Mrs. Wack suggested that her giddy was lonely and needed a playmate. Two days later, giddy was joined by a calico that Mrs. Wack claimed walked right up to her and seemed to need a home. Nix found that hard to believe, as the calico hid under the couch hissing for the first two weeks. After that, the feline count grew steadily. Kitties disappeared all over town. Neighbors grew more vigilant in protecting their pets. Mrs. Wax was not to be deterred. She simply bought a metal trap and hid it under the trailer. 
Once, when Nix questioned the ethics of her catnapping, Mrs. Wack responded in a high tone, If they're hungry enough to come looking for food in our yard, they're not getting the care they deserve. Nix wondered what a cat had to do to deserve being locked in a tiny, smelly trailer with twenty other animals and a large woman who sat on them regularly. The cats all hated her, and for a time, the cats hated each other. But then, like soldiers in a prison camp, their mutual enemy inspired a certain fraternity. It wasn't until the cats really began to get along that the population skyrocketed. At one point, the trailer was harboring four separate litters, two under the couch, one behind the fridge, and another under the bathroom sink. Hello, Earth's a little girl. The manager waved her change about like a banner. Nix took the money and her bags. You have a merry August, the manager said jovially, and I hope you're feline less grumpy tomorrow. Nix didn't trust herself to answer, but the thought of his name tag lodged up one of his nostrils made her smile. Hey, this is Ryan Hancock. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way through the sixth episode. hope that's because you've enjoyed it and not because you know me and are feeling obligated.